Classic Business with Michael Avery, sponsored by Alex Forbes, for insight, advice and impact. Well, having recently hosted the South African REIT Association's biannual conference, I certainly came away uh, much more interested in the changing dynamics in the beaten down listed property sector than I have been for some time. And uh, broadly, we've seen um, South African investors having something of a love-hate relationship with listed property. We saw big shifts in sentiment and demand evident over the last 10 years. Prior to 2017, it was very common for multi-asset funds to have healthy allocations to South Africa's listed uh, uh, property opportunity set, mostly due to the appeal of property companies offering relatively stable dividends and yields. But sentiment towards the sector began to weaken uh, in 2018 as market participants became somewhat concerned about the overuse of leverage and debt and possible financial engineering, as well as uh, corporate governance issues that did come to the surface. And the sector was then further hindered by uh, what happened through COVID as well. And if we just look at the uh, the FTSE JSE listed property index, it lost around 62 odd percent of its value from the 1st of January 2018 uh, to the end of October 2020. We then had last year with the, the listed uh, property sector outperforming, being the top performing asset class. And we've seen some more green shoots. Just this year, spare REITs, equity placement, uh, growth points, a bond issue at a margin of 185 bips. That's above three-month Jibar. Very impressive. And Vakili's book build shares were priced at 14 rand 60 a share. That's a, a 75 bips discount to the pre-launch share price. So that's all starting to peak investor interest again. Well, I'm joined now by Yusuf Molana, who's a, a portfolio manager at M&G Investments, who was at the conference. And Yusuf, uh, a great pleasure having you on the show. I, I, I must say that the interest in the sector is starting to hot up. What do you see as the, the tailwinds for listed property this year that is starting to um, lead to more investors knocking on doors? Well, thanks for having me, Michael. Um, well, I think, you know, you pointed out an, a number of issues that, uh, you know, that have plagued the sector over the last Kind of six years since the sector peaked. Um, so, so firstly, you know, we've undergone a, quite a serious hiking cycle from, you know, in developed markets having starting at almost zero rates uh, to having something that's that's now a real interest rate. Um, we've also, you know, post COVID, there's been a bit of a recovery, which has been a stop start in some cases in South Africa. You know, we've had very big rental resets uh, as a consequence of the of the slow economy and the, and the you know the 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 upper hand being in uh, you know in in favor of uh, of of the tenants as opposed to the landlords and i think for the first time what we're seeing especially in in, in the retail sector is uh, as you point out some of those green shoots with with rental reversions i.e. the uh, the rate at, at which new uh, leases are being signed being uh, less negative than they were before, or even slightly positive. So, uh, so not only are we seeing those interest rate headwinds abate, um, and and you know those could potentially turn into tailwinds, uh, certainly in, in in offshore markets, maybe to a lesser extent in South Africa, um, but also you know some of the fundamentals, i.e., stabilisation of of vacancies, even in in the in the office sector, which has really been plagued by by weakening vacancies. Um, you know, if you're sitting in Santon and listening to this, you know you can. You probably saw that for yourself over the last three years, just how mm. um, you know how it's been much less busy than than pre-COVID. So, so a number of firstly interest rate headwinds, and then and then the fundamentals are, are improving ever so slightly, Michael. I think almost imperceptible to to some because you know it is it is still slow going, but you know just the the potential for us to have reached a trough. 
I think that's getting investors a bit more excited. Yeah, well, and and the the reason being is because what we saw towards the back end of last year is just how quickly uh, sentiment can change in the market and how quickly prices uh, can almost re-rate and and so you don't want to be getting in uh, too late uh, you, you almost want to be uh, timing this um, uh, a little bit more accurately in order to ensure that you enjoy some of that upside re-rating when it does happen and as you say six years of being beaten down and uh, many of the counters still trading at deep discounts to their net asset value uh, there is still some way to go, though, and often, and you can see it on FinTwit, for example, there's a lot of skepticism around um, uh, valuations, for example, and whether or not the, the, the internal valuations of, of one's property portfolio are truly accurate. Uh, do, do you think valuations uh, and that deep discount to NAV are going to um, start narrowing. Do you see the expectations of of the market and and what the 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 property management management teams and boards are valuing their properties at starting to converge somewhere and finding uh, some agreement on valuations? Well, I think I sympathise with some of the arguments on on FinTwit. Uh, I guess the big question is which way do those uh, values convert? Do the share prices go up? Or do the values come down? And um, I think I'm probably on the on the latter part of that argument, Michael, uh, for the simple reason that we have seen aggressive price moves or, or aggressive moves in interest rates, yet the rate at which income is capitalized to arrive at the final valuation for the properties haven't quite moved at the same uh, at the same rate. And uh, that would imply that you know the valuers' assumptions of growth uh, have actually gone up, which we know can't be can't be true because the economy is still quite slow so so my um my sense is that you know we could still see values be you know potentially flat in the absence of uh market evidence and i think just the, the potential is for for rental rentals to grow and then you know hopefully uh to save the valuers uh you know any mm-hmm. embarrassment the values will grow into their current valuation but um yeah. you know certainly we haven't seen large you know, all the malls and, and offices that have transacted have been relatively small ticket sizes. Um, I think Hyprop uh, has transacted on, on a big mall in Cape Town recently at, uh, at, 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 at probably a sub-8 yield. So I think that, that gives you some indication. But I think those are all asset-specific. I think the overall market is probably one – I would probably conclude that, um, you know, valuations are still above where, where they should be relative to kind of a clearing level. If we look at the the sector, um, it, it has consolidated to some extent and has kind of almost hit a plateau. Uh, if you look at it over the last few years in terms of the number of listed REITs, uh, there was a big push uh, into Central and Eastern Europe and going offshore. That certainly tapered off uh, uh, quite a bit as well. Where do you see the potential for any M&A activity in the property sector uh, because if we do start to see rentals ticking up and and maybe valuations coming down to um, more realistic levels um, surely there have got to be opportunities where do you see those in in the sector if we're to look at the subsectors you know, office beaten down retails very interesting industrial uh, in the US you have much more specialization do you see us maybe going in that direction where you get ultra niche type REITs so, so I definitely think that that is where the opportunity lies is in uh, some of those, uh, you know, specialized and, and, and niche type reads. So we have seen an element of that with companies like Storage uh, listing in South Africa. Um, 
a very entrepreneurial management team, which has you know started the you know the, the business and grown it organically. Um, so there is an element of that. Although I think one could argue that the REIT market, you know, the capital markets uh, that follow the REIT market are not that deep enough yet to provide scale to to a niche planes. We do see some of the larger REITs uh, being um, diversified REITs. So whether they're diversified in uh, you know across asset classes, so office, retail, industrial, or diversified across uh, geographies, you know there's less of an element in, in South Africa of that specialization. I think predominantly as a result of the of the capital markets and the money chasing those REITs being um, still a, a relatively shallow pool, um, and you know wanting more liquid opportunities as opposed to kind of niche less liquid opportunities um yeah i think that's that's um yeah, to answer your first question just on the, the potential for mna i think a lot of companies have been reluctant to engage in mna primarily because they don't know what uh, you know what what secrets uh, may lurk in, in in the tail end of, of of some of the uh the potential targets uh but with uh, you know with, with fundamentals normalizing i think those tail risks uh, also dissipated and I think potentially acquirers can then digest the risks and uh, and and kind of contemplate them uh, mm. more readily. So so mm. I do think there there is the potential for your know, MA to pick up uh, amongst the reads. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know before COVID, if you look at it, the, the the boards of these property companies, the management teams, and you know even to some extent the shareholders, perhaps forgot that they responsible for own businesses and that these businesses that they're not just bond proxies they they are businesses and they they add value through an operating property strategy and there was, there was an excessive focus on income without regard to the sustainability of that income or the risks taken to generate it and i do get a sense some of those lessons have been learned and we look at the the ltvs the, those have improved somewhat so the balance sheets are looking better given all of this i'm going to put you on the spot is there a particular REIT or two that you really like if things um, start to pan out the way we expect them to and rates start to come down uh, towards the latter part of next year and even into the new year? And uh, who knows, we, we may even start getting some growth in the South African economy. I mean, w- which REITs would you be backing? Right. So, so, so thank that. So we've... Um you know, we're still quite cautious on, on, on the potential for the office sector to pick up. And I think, you know, if you had to put me on the spot and say, you know, um, what kind of GDP growth would, would I pencil in? I'd probably say, well, not much more than 1%. Mm. And so, you know, we, we've tried to angle the portfolio away from some of the big and, 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 and troubled sectors into niche sectors uh, such as residential and, and self-storage. So, so two companies that we, we're overweight, uh, which you know I think some of our competitors are, 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 are not as keen on, but I think which, which differentiate us, are SA Corporate Real Estate Fund. So a company which owns a portfolio of, um, of convenience uh, retail malls, uh, also kind of older industrial properties where you know, the properties trade well below replacement costs. Um, you know, and what that means is that, you know, there's, there's not much potential for downside risk to rentals because one can't actually build another property for, for, for the, for, you know, and earn a return, um, for, with the rentals that they're, they're currently charging their tenants. And they also have a portfolio of inner city and suburban, uh, residential properties. And what's unique about the residential market, Michael, is that, um, you know, at that end of the market, people are quite price sensitive and they'll move to save maybe a hundred or 200 rand rentals. So one can get some assurance from that that the rentals are at market, you know, which is unlike the, for example, the office sector where one gets, you know, a three-year lease escalating at seven percent. There's a 
good likelihood that um, you know at the end of, of that lease that that one's over rented uh, versus the market and you, and you could be in for a surprise you know um, you know once once that lease expires and and so you know with with the property market strengthening a little you know, the, the the shorter dated nature of the leases means that you're kind of always at market and you'll benefit you know in in, in environment where where things pick up and the the other rate that we that you quite like is uh, is storage itself. So it's been a secular winner globally, um, and uh, you know what we like is that it's a very low capex sector. So if one thinks about your home, um, you know where where are you most likely to spend a lot of money, and where you like likely to spend the least amount of money. Well, the most money you probably spend are probably in your kitchen and your bathroom, where they're kind of expensive fittings. Um, and the least amount of money you probably spend is near a garage where, you know, you have a door and, uh, you know, that works for, for decades, um, you know, and, and, you know, and one can compare your kitchen and your bathroom to a shopping center, which has high capex needs, and your garage to a self-storage uh, property where, you know, essentially you, you, you've built almost an industrial property on a multi-level um, and a number of garages where, where people come in and, and store their things and then, uh, you know, they leave it there and come back months later. So, so the amount of capital that you need to spend is quite minimal compared to other property asset classes. But this is seldom reflected in, in, the, in the valuation of the properties. You know, the fact that more of your earnings are converted into free cash flow in a self-storage property um, than, than compared to, say, a, an office or, or, mm. a, or, an, or, or a retail property. So, so I think those, those two companies will differentiate our, our, our portfolio, Michael. Yeah, and uh, Gavin Luke is a very impressive uh, CEO at the helm of uh, Storage, uh, one of the co-founders, very entrepreneurial, along uh, with uh, Stephen as well. Well, that was Yusuf Molana, Portfolio Manager at MNG Investments, kicking the bricks on the listed property sector here in Classic Business. Classic Business with Michael Avery, sponsored by Alex Forbes, for insight, advice and impact.